0: is danny i'm cassidy <laughs> sorry we've been gone so long it's been crazy you know having a life beyond a podcast
1: yeah we got we got crazy lives we have crazy so lives know.
0: i am working a job where i just got put on full time so that's totally crazy you know working Yay! in an office. Woo! well yeah um <laughs> i know crazy office job totally wild so that's me. me working at a bank and yeah, me working at a bank check out my tie <laughs> uh yes yeah, but...
1: i don't I, I have like almost a full-time job but it's 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 just bad so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> we're good it's okay. fine okay do you want to talk
0: about that or not in the podcast my dude not in the podcast all right we'll leave it for after then <laughs> um So yeah, welcome to School Britannia. Today we are talking about Radiohead. This will be a two-parter. Just because I
1: have so much shit to say all the time.
0: We've got a lot to say about this band, because this band is kind of what brought me and Cassidy together as friends. It is. It is. And uh, we have a lot of personal history with them, even more so than Blur. But they also have a very extensive career. So... That will involve a lot of talking about a lot of different subjects we're yeah, going to have absolutely. to touch upon. So we're gonna split this into two parts and we'll see. I would it. have to say
1: I might be the premier radiohead expert of the years twenty eleven to
0: <laughs> at least twenty fourteen in the New York State area. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. I I I don't know. I love to
1: there was like a, a point in time where I really like I think I knew everything. Like I had it narrowed down to, like, the month-year range when Tom dyed his hair red from Blonde in the 90s. I had it narrowed down. Um, Seen every video, blah, blah, blah. Did all my research and all my digging on their uh, extensive websites. Um, Yeah, done a lot. Read a lot. Thought a lot (laughs) about this
0: band. (laughs) I don't think I was ever at that point with Radiohead. Probably with Lush and Blur, maybe, but Radiohead not... Um, I was definitely a fan, but more of a casual fan until I met Cassidy and then it kind of boosted my fandom, which will happen oh, yeah. when you are roommates of a super fan. So... Oh, yeah.
1: with yeah, with any band, you know, with any band. Yeah, of course. I have to say also that Radiohead in general makes it real easy for you to want to dig in to mm-hmm. something to find out more. One of the reasons why I, I was so uh interested in that was also because i had a i was in a strong community online of people who were also very invested in them and they also started going on tour they had just like decided to do the king of limbs tour in 2012 um they did their roseland ballroom shows in 2011 um in new york city that was something that i was so sad i couldn't go to i was like they're finally playing shows again and i'm so far away yeah but it was fine because i ended up seeing them on that tour anyways and uh yeah being part of a a group that also wants to dig at, dig in and, like, kind of sink your teeth into something um, and discuss and talk about not just the music, but, like, the lore behind the music. Like, there's, like, a lot of stuff that goes into every album, every... Like, there's so many anecdotes and so many stories about them, and there's a lot of supplemental media, I would say. Like, lots of websites, lots of, like, uh, films or, like, short films, lots well, of interviews.
0: They're definitely probably the biggest band we'll touch upon because... Blur were, oh, were big, but only big in England to that point. And uh, Radiohead has really attained worldwide success. So they have a lot of supplementary materials in terms of fan sites, websites, uh, music. They have a lot of music to listen to, a lot of bootlegs. Tons
1: and tons of music. Oh, my and God. And
0: the Tumblr community, as Cassidy mentioned, in like this era of time, 2011, 2014, was really active. And there was a lot of crossover in terms of like the the radiohead fandom, the blur fandom, you know British bands in general, so that's how Cassidy and I kind of we didn't know each other yet, but we definitely had mutual friends through that community. The funniest thing about finding out that Danny and I were
1: like Tumblr mutuals without <laughs> like we did we found out that afterwards was we both went to SUNY purchase and we hi sunshine, my dog is being a diva, oh my god. <laughs> wow uh, um Damn. anyways me and danny decided to both go to uh suny purchase and we had met on some weird app that was never used before and never used after <laughs> yeah find right room. that
0: was weird like, it was like
1: the suny purchase roommate finder and like you could list all your interests and hobbies and stuff and it would be like a facebook app and it was like fun because you could like click the interest and then find a bunch of people who also listed it so i found danny through clicking blur or something yeah we both had and a was, mutual like, oh. blur thing yeah i was like oh sick like, this person seems really cool, and I found another person via Radiohead who uh, I did not end up living with, but it was Danny or this other person, and me and Danny <laughs> talked extensively, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if, if I'm going to go here, uh, we'll see, and you're like, I'm definitely going here, because I want to be New York, near New York, I want to be
0: near New York City. New York, and like, New York. You're like, I wish I could go to NYU, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I didn't go to NYU, that was a good call, well, on their part, because they denied me, but... <laughs> 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 they also, they, they would be lucky to have me, except for they also rejected me, so, like, it's fine. So, it's fine. It's okay. But, no, <laughs> NYU is way too expensive, but purchase was good for a lot of reasons.
1: I agree. So, yeah, so we met there, and then we were like, ha lol, you use Tumblr, too? Wow, because that's how every teenager got along. It was like, oh, what's your Tumblr? Yeah. Oh, so, God. we found each other's tumblers, and then I remember... Uh, we just became friends, and we're like, "Oh yeah, we're totally gonna live together if we both go here." And then we did, and it was great. And, and then um, and we lived. Together. I remember. I think you found out. Did we have that conversation in person about how I ran radiosims.tumblr.com, which is still up, by the way? Which uh, is uh.
0: Was it in person? I, think- I feel like it was before we moved in.
1: Oh, it might be because I can't you mentioned
0: remember. it. You mentioned it, and I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> uh, I know that.
1: <laughs> so I mentioned to Danny. I guess. Probably, yeah, most likely online, possibly in person.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that I ran this Radiohead Sims blog that got a little popular, just kind of, like, in the in the community. I don't know. It's still up. It's radiosims.tumblr.com. It's pretty fucking funny. I still think it's hilarious.
0: It's really funny, uh, yeah.
1: I had Sims 3 and a computer that could finally play Sims 3 because uh, I bought it in 2009, and then it, you know, when it came out, and then no computer I had could run it because it's, like, incredibly <laughs> demanding. <laughs> and then I finally had a computer that could do it. So I spent a lot of time uh, before I went to college making a lot of Sims <laughs> of band members, including Radiohead. And I even made a Graham Coxon Sim once. I don't know where he went. He disappeared into the ether. Oh god. He was really good though. It was so perfect.
0: You were really good at making Sims, because
1: yeah, all the Radio Sims
0: me look great.
1: Much, they give you too much creative control. <laughs> so I made I made I made all the members of Radiohead, and then uh, I used to just like play the game for like an hour at a time and just take like thousands of screenshots <laughs> because you could just pause and just take stuff and like play it really slow i would literally get through like not even a real sim day and have tons of material for the oh blog my god that's amazing it's just all about the faces they were making and the the weird interactions that sims do except for now it's tom york and johnny greenwood so that got a little popular and then da- i remember i mentioned it to danny and she was like what were you
0: not- oh, that is you oh my god my roommate's famous
1: it was not that famous. It I was, definitely
0: I reblogged something from Radio Sims before we even met or knew who each other were, so that's really weird. <laughs> it was so funny. Very strange. I think it's
1: hilarious very still funny. To day.
0: It's a great blog. I will still look at that blog and laugh my ass
1: off. Yeah. Well, so, once again, that's radiosims.tumblr.com. Feel free to go ahead and check out my OG <laughs> uh, OC.
0: Oh, God. Yes. Um,
1: but, yeah, so... That's how me and Danny became friends. Long story, long.
0: <laughs> that's how podcasts are, aren't they? Long story, long.
1: Yeah. Nothing's T-L-D-L. ever shortened. D L. <laughs> Wait.
0: Too long. <laughs> didn't, didn't long. long. <laughs> Wait. Too long. Didn't listen. That's what it. That's a better one. No, no. How do you say, it? too long? Still listen. T L S L. Tissel. Tissel. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, that's how we became friends. But now we can tell you how Radiohead became a band. Look at that. <laughs> wow. Like that Segway? Really Segway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> Philip Segway. Okay. Philip Segway. Yahweh Segway. <laughs> Holy shit. I almost said Yahweh Segway, so... That's a completely different
1: thing. That's not even... That's like way out in left field from Radiohead. We're getting into some different conversations
0: here. Okay. All right. So let's start at the beginning. <laughs> the beginning. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. Radiohead.
1: There was. Okay. So. Once upon a time. Somewhere. <laughs> once upon a time,
0: somewhere in England. Uh, There's these fucking
1: five losers and they, they were all friends. That's how
0: it goes. Ab- Abingdon School. That's where the band For formed. boys. It's a school for boys. It's where my, my friend Thomas Dolby went. My good pal. We're uh we're casual buddies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're Danny not he loves to name drop. <laughs> I love what? Name dropping. Oh, I love to name drop because that's the only thing that's uh filling this the emptiness in my life right now, so. Isn't post grad life just all about name dropping? Yes. That's yes That's what I've discovered. <laughs> I mean I feel like my pre-grad life was very much into, like, I met a lot of the famous people I met before I graduated from school, so. That's true. Only
1: Thomas Dolby is your new post-grad friend. I love him. Anyways, yeah, same school. They went Uh,
0: to the same school in Oxford.
1: But not the same. Now it sounds like we're making, like, a fictionalized universe.
0: No, friends. They (laughs) actually went
1: here, yes. Um, Thomas Dolby went to the same school as Radiohead. It's true, but a lot at same time. earlier. Yes yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll make that so,
1: clear. So at the time in Oxford, you had a lot of music going on, anyways. Um, as you probably could recognize, was it Supergrass? That's the band.
0: Supergrass. You have Supergrass also thrived. from Oxford. Slow dive. Uh, that's it.
1: Those are all bands that came from the same area of England as them. Um, and these guys were these guys were a little different. They're a little funky. You got Tom, He's uh, he's got his weird eye thing going on, which is um, not because he has a lazy eye. It's his eyelid. His eyelid is drooping because he had it fused shut at birth, and then they tried to fix it, and it never got fixed. And he can't really see very great out of it. Um, and he had a big chip on his shoulder growing up because of that. And so he uh, became really good friends with uh, a nerd, a nerd's brother, a jock, and a bully. And they all became really good friends.
0: Okay, you're making this sound like fan fiction. No, but it's true. <laughs> Colin's a nerd. He went to fucking
1: Cambridge. His nerd brother,
0: who's also a nerd, manga. I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he likes manga. Then uh, Ed O'Brien went to study economics in college, and he's uh, he was just like a tall, handsome theater guy. Um, and then uh, he who also jock. loved he loved to play he loved to play guitar too. So there's that. And then Phil used to be kind of a bully. He was like kind of not not friends with them but then he was
0: mad dog. um and then they
1: yeah they called him mad that's real they called him mad dog selway because he was kind of unpredictable which is really funny because if you ever have looked at a picture of him you would not <laughs> not see that he looks very gentle
0: yeah <laughs> and he, he is seems very gentle very nice he's and very soft voice nice and bald cool guy his solo music reaffirms that he's just a
1: gentle man yeah his but, solo so, yeah.
0: stuff is great um ed where's the yeah. solo album
1: Colin wears the solo album.
0: No, I don't want to listen to Colin's. I want to listen to Ed's.
1: <laughs> Colin's solo album was playing bass live at the fashion show like two years ago.
0: Colin's solo album, two tracks. First track, 30 minutes long. Solo bass at fashion show. Second track, the sound of his <laughs> mouse clicking as he blocks everybody on Twitter. <laughs> you don't agree with me. Uh, yes. Anyway. Uh. Um, there's a small riot happening outside my <laughs> There's a riot? <laughs> the room my...
1: Yeah, oh. the dogs are going off. Oh. <laughs>
0: They're going off. Dog riot. Overthrow the humans. Okay. But yeah. So, to
1: get back on track, they all become friends because they all go to school together. Originally, the lineup is, uh, Tom, Colin, Ed, Phil, and then they have a saxophonist named Raz Peterson, and I think they had one more member who I'm forgetting the name of. Um, but Johnny wasn't originally allowed to be in the band because Johnny is several years younger than them. Um, Tom and Colin are roughly the same age, so Johnny was about fourteen when they all started to be in a band together without him. And they were like, We don't want the fourteen year old like weirdo in this band. We're teenagers.
0: Yeah, um, he's so a baby. We're not babies. He is he was literally pretty small.
1: Fourteen is very young.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty so young. Yeah.
1: They formed their band. They formed the band without him, and then they became on a Friday, um, but they basically, so they recorded a few songs together, and they used to uh, practice together in a uh, band room only on Fridays, which is why that terrible band name
0: existed. And oh, then Johnny- I didn't know that, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah huh. They had a
1: rehearsal space. They had a, like a recital room or something in the, in the boys' school, and they were only allowed to be in there on Fridays. Mm. So. It was their brilliant idea to name the band on a Friday because that was the only time they could practice together. Um, and then eventually they let Johnny join the band and they were first like, okay, well, you you have to play harmonica and you have to play the keyboard because we don't need a guitarist.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> Johnny's like, yeah, totally, sure. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, because Johnny can play everything. <laughs> yeah, and well, then pretty uh, much literally.
1: Meanwhile, when Johnny wasn't allowed to join, he was in a band with Tom's younger brother, Andy York. Uh, <laughs> and i think somebody else i can't remember nigel it, but...
0: powell that's what it says on <laughs> wikipedia oh yeah what was the band's name illiterate hands <laughs> what a so, great name <laughs> so yeah so great, great names that's really all funny. around
1: really so radio had originally rejected johnny and johnny went to go form a band with his brother and then they were like now nah, we want you in this band and then they all got together and uh they had their saxophone saxophones for a while and they released a couple they released like one tape as early as like 1986,
0: 1987.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And that tape is actually, it came out, was revealed on YouTube uh, by somebody who went to school with them, like somebody locally, posted uh, three or four songs from this tape from 1986. Um, That's like the first recordings of them. And it includes a couple of really good tracks, including uh, Girl in the Purple Dress, which is a very sweet, sweet song featuring a great sax solo, and there's, two other, Lemming Trail and there's another one I forget the is name Is Everybody
0: of. Knows that one on there?
1: Yes, Everybody Knows is another one from that uh, time period. Those
0: are, I really like Everybody Knows and Girl in the Purple Dress. Those are actually really solid songs. Yeah, they all feature
1: like a, they all feature saxophones. They're all like a little um, they're really fun to listen to because you can hear Tom like kind of trying to find his own voice. Where he's like still kind of belting it out and trying to be kind of punky yeah. because he's literally 16. Um. There's a lot of piano and there's like a lot of saxophone, which I just love. And they're actually pretty thoughtful. Yes. So that was their first, and that stuff's on YouTube. You can listen to that. It's really good. I used to. I still wax nostalgic about them all the time because they're so cute. They're such good songs for how little they are, and and just like when you see it in retrospect, knowing what they do now, you're just like,
0: oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hum- humble beginnings, you know. Exactly. It's like wow. Anybody can have a band with a sax section. It sounds
1: awesome. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> nice. So, yeah. So, they knew music was happening around them. Oxford had, like, a little scene, and it's, like, really tiny. Oxfordshire is, like, little, apparently. I haven't been, but One it's, day. like, small.
0: One day we we'll They go. grew up
1: in a small town, and they went to, a, like, a boys' Catholic school. So, they were all kind of miserable. Um,
0: who wouldn't be? Yeah.
1: Everybody I know who went to Catholic school is sad because of
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it did, it did a number on them. <laughs> Catholic school sounds really bad. Yeah, really, it's really bad. bad. And all boys schools also sound really bad. So,
1: yikes! Yeah, I guess I dodged the bullet by not having not being a Catholic boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty good. Nice. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta take your wins with your losses and whatever the <laughs> saying is. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. on a Friday, they were kind of figuring it out, and then. They all went to college. Except for Johnny. (laughs) Except for Johnny, because he's still young. He's still a baby. He's still in high school.
1: Yeah, so they all went to college, and they split up, and they all went far away from each other, but not too far. Um, Tom,
0: It's an island. It's not that big.
1: Yeah, it's not that big. Tom went to art school, and uh, I don't think he liked it. I can't remember if he liked it or not, but he also did work with another band, and he met... Their artist, the Radiohead's soon-to-be later artist Stanley Donwood, who ended up doing all of the um, all of the media and album artwork from uh, the Bends onward. Yes, not Pablo Honey. Pablo Honey's album artwork is not by him, but everything else is. Yeah, he looks fucking wicked. He's so funny. He's he's got like this bald head. Um, and he's got like a couple pierced, like hoop earrings, and he just looks like he could kick your ass. I love Stanley Donen; he's so funny looking.
0: You know, art students—they they, kind of have that feeling about them. Yeah, they're he's, he's fun. Music kids, you know. Yeah. Uh, so they, yeah, huh. so yes. Separate, they separate.
1: They'll study stuff. Um, by the time they're all done with school, Johnny goes to school <laughs> for music
0: and, and psychology, he never right?
1: Yeah, music and psychology. Johnny never finishes college because they suddenly get famous and they're like, all right, you're out.
0: (laughs) You're not doing school anymore.
1: So fun trivia fact, Johnny Greenwood is the only member of Radiohead without a college degree.
0: Yes, that's crazy. What a lucky duck. Seriously. (laughs) I mean, yeah, for real. Like you're in college, like, oh, I got to go through this. And then you're kind of plucked out and you end up being one of the most successful bands in the world or whatever that's Probably. like
1: that's like if your sister like because you have an older sister i don't have an I older do.
0: sister yeah
1: it's like if your sister was like yeah we're gonna be really totally famous like don't worry about it like it's fine we're gonna be really famous we're gonna be in this band um i'll talk to you later and then she just dipped and well,
0: then he went that's to the thing is, is there's no guarantee though like when when they first started there was no guarantee that they'd be as big as they were no exactly and then suddenly just imagine if your sister comes back and she's like all right, <laughs> let's go. All You're right. done. You're done here. Time to go. I mean, I pack up and leave. That makes sense. With my sister and I, though, if she went to college and came back, I'd probably be like in middle school when this happened, because we're nine oh, years that's apart. Right. That's
1: right. <laughs> Your sister pulls you out of middle school.
0: Uh, yeah. I guess I'm not going to high school. I'm just gonna be in a famous band. See ya. <laughs> I mean, that would have been fine. I would have been okay fine. with that. Yeah.
1: But yeah so yeah um, yeah so they get back together um, after college they pull Johnny out of it they play shows and stuff um, and then Colin works at a record store meets a label guy on accident gives a tape up they recorded another couple tapes between because we've only talked about the years uh, 1986 so basically the timeline now is like around 1990 1991 they've all returned from school um, except for Johnny, who's still going to school, because he's that age still. Um, Colin works at a record store. He chance meets a label, uh, somebody from a label, and hands e- off one e- of E-M-I their A&R other...
0: a guy, Keith Wozencroft. Nice. Yes. What that a sounds chance. like the one. What a yes, meeting. It's like a perfect, like a little.
1: It's like in a film almost. It seems too perfect. Oh
0: yeah, of course. I mean, how many? Like oh, A&R I just people... work in my record shop.
1: I work yeah. in my record store, and I give out my demo to everybody who comes in.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> Every EMI A and R guy that comes in. <laughs> Finally, one of them listened to me.
1: Yes, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, by the by, the by '91, they've already they released a couple. They had three demo tapes at this point. Um, And the most successful, the one that um, Colin ends up giving this record guy, is uh, called the Manic Hedgehog Demo Tape. Wow. Um, That one has some really, really good gems on it. I'm looking at it right now. Such as... uh... (laughs) Jesus, they're all so bad. (laughs) All these songs... Philip a Chicken. (laughs) Oh. Wow. (laughs) So bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, some of these are really... Oh, the first... Oh, hold on one second. I'm about to get really into this. I just gotta let my dog outside. Okay. Oh, you suck. Go,
0: Sajan,
1: go. I'm so sorry. So much is happening.
0: It's alright. It happens. Alright, so to get
1: back on track here, the Manic Hedgehog EP uh, has some really good songs like uh, Thinking About You, a demo, which is... uh, Later, both thinking about you and you and I can't. Oh, there's a bunch of them. I forgot how many there were. Several songs from this demo end up being on Pablo, honey. This okay. is a rough first form. Yeah. yeah. Um some other songs that are <laughs> of uh great note are Climbing Up a Bloody Great Hill, which shows Tom hitting his highest possible note in like kind of like a a singing scream. Okay. Pretty good. Uh How Can You Be Sure is another uh, demo that ends up becoming a B side. Later. There you go. Tell Me Bitch is uh, sped up ska. uh, Very profane. Interesting Uh, demo. Tom basically sings about being rejected by uh, somebody and being very self deprecating
0: and having a tiny dick. Interesting choice for a demo tape, but I guess they got signed, so it's okay. (laughs) Okay, so that Tell Me Bitch is on
1: the first demo tape, Mm. which is arguably the most prolific. Like, that one has, like, a shitload of songs on it. And then you have, like, the Stop Whispering tape. Which yes. is that's the one song that they kind of like they rework and they rework. Um and that ends up being what they call like uh they're like Pixies homage. Like <laughs> they like wish that they were the Pixies so they wrote oh, Stop Whispering. Yeah. And then the one that they gave out to the record guy has uh three songs off of Pablo Honey. And it's like okay, it's like pretty solid. It's like nothing too weird, nothing okay. bad.
0: Oh, okay i thought tell me bitch was on that one i was was like "Hmm." (laughs) no if that was the case i think
1: they would be screwed this is also the one with tell me bitch on it by the way is also the same demo tape with new generation which is a song sung by colin uh in a captain beefheart voice (laughs) with tom doing the chorus vocals and it's
0: uh indescribable it's a really something you know it's so funny i think it's so good really really something
1: rattlesnake is on that one too oof, oof, wow. rattlesnake is uh, tom's uh like uh, sitting alone in your bedroom with like a tape recorder making loops and like pitching yourself up so that your vocals are like suddenly women vocals like i don't know it's incredible <laughs> it's so fun it's like a bad rap <laughs> oh so bad but, like some <laughs> really good like like faux backing track vocals i don't know it's incredible they're all really funny all these songs are really funny
0: humble beginnings
1: Oh, yeah. And it's also cool to see them rework several songs that end up being in Pablo Honey, which Very is cool. Very true,
0: yeah. It's great to see that kind of evolution. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Despite should we the, do the silly songs, but...
1: Yes. Should we... Uh, so should we talk about uh, our favorite songs from Pablo Honey now, or should we do um, favorite uh, songs off of these EPs? Or what ooh. do you want to do?
0: Well, I can't... I don't know. I can't really say... I don't think I have much as... As much um, knowledge <laughs> about the EPs as you, I feel like. I, in
1: high school, I <laughs> created, uh, I took all the versions of every On a Friday song and I compiled them on my YouTube, or my YouTube, oh Jesus Christ, on iTunes um, with the correct me- metadata and then I placed it online on Mediafire when Mediafire was still a thing.
0: Nice. For everybody to
1: download. So I, I spent a lot of
0: time thinking about the Well, tapes. okay, okay. I, I think their first demo tape with um, Everybody Knows and Girl with a Purple Dress or whatever, I think that one's my favorite. Yeah, those two songs so are very tight.
1: They're so good.
0: <laughs> but other than that, I can't really say I have as much knowledge besides like, okay. the silly songs like Rattlesnake and whatever else. So that's yeah. those are my favorites. And then we can kind of move along to Pablo Honey get really into that, too.
1: Yeah. There's a bunch of, there's a lot of information about the demo tapes, and there's a lot of stuff that still hasn't been found. Like, the only way that we have um, Girl in the Purple Dress, and Everybody Knows, and I believe Lemming Trail and Fat Girl, the other two songs, now that I'm thinking about it.
0: Yes. um,
1: Those songs are, like, four out of, like, probably, like, over two dozen songs that they put out, and the tapes have just never been Like, they existed somewhere in some capacity, but nobody has them digitized or online. So we know about them, but we haven't heard them. But we've heard some of it, so we can kind of gather, like, how fun and how, like, how um, new and, like, how they're kind of figuring out their stuff. And then the other demo tapes that you have with, like, um, Climbing Up a Bloody Great Hill and, like, uh, How Can You Be Sure and Life with a Big F, all those songs are online and they're really funny. And I highly recommend looking up On a Friday stuff because it's just, like, really... They're really goofy, and they're not that bad. <laughs> but yeah, to Pablo Honey. Onwards and upwards.
0: Uh, yeah, Pablo Honey. <laughs> A, uh, this is their first album, and it's widely regarded to be one of their worst, but I feel like it's, it's pretty... It's not fair. It's good for what it is, you know, compared to their other stuff, yeah, I get it, but at the same time, it's early, and, you know, they're just kind of getting their sea legs. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's it's really I think not. It's, I, I think it's fine.
1: I think it's like it's just as good as any other like debut album from the nineties that I like. Like I like I like it just okay. Sometimes I'm in a mood where I feel like that's just what I want to listen to. You
0: know what I mean? There are certainly worse alternative albums in the nineties than this album, you know? So totally. I feel like it's pretty decent, pretty solid. Some of the songs at least. Some of the other ones are kinda clunky, but that's bound to happen with any band's first album. So
1: Yeah. And so just some background, Creep is the song that made this album happen. Creep came out first in ninety-two with um this EP called the Drill EP, which is like a really pretty rainbowish cover. It's like a very funky looking one. Um and that came out in ninety two after recording sessions and stuff, and that one obviously catapulted them into like the public eye that's like, oh, either you love this song for how it rocks, or how it sounds, or the lyrics. There's an equal number of people who hated it, um, critically, but also more, I, I wouldn't even say an equal number. Tons of people loved it. People still love it, to this day. Creep is still one of their most popular songs. And then there's, like, some people who've always hated on it, and some people who hate on it in light of their other work. And it's like, yeah, Creep is why they're famous, so I guess there's that. I don't know. And then they they put out some other songs, too. They did a couple of other EPs, including, or like a EPs that accompanied and were before Pablo Honey. And some of them were Anyone Can Play Guitar and Pop Is Dead. Mm. Stop Whispering was the single that they wanted to go. It became become really big because it's like their Pixies homage song. It's the song that they wanted their their band to kind of sound like. That didn't ever get as popular as Creep. Pop Is Dead fucking blew it. It's so bad and so funny. Oh, so bad. Really blew Um, it. Killer Cars didn't do Jack killer cars is so weird it's a good song but it's goofy
0: <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny like i think they just took themselves really seriously at some points and that is it kind of comes off not great you know <laughs> yeah like pop is dead is wild <laughs> Ooh, very very bad very interesting <laughs> um, do
1: i love it though yes
0: of course <laughs> do i love the music video absolutely oh so much so so much great music video oh god um yeah like i said they're just trying to get their sea legs and i think they just took themselves very seriously in in juxtaposition to like their early demos where they were kind of just having fun and i think then they went back to that a little bit and but you know they just took themselves very seriously and then didn't really deliver (laughs) some of the songs so
1: it's not that bad like part of it is like um One thing that, like, you kind of um, gather when you read interviews and stuff with them when they're um, in this, like, in the early 90s, like, 93, 92, is that um, Tom and the band are, like, mostly Tom, because he's, like, the spokesperson for the band for most of their history anyways. Tom is, like, pretty focused on being successful. Like, he's, in this time period, he's, like, we're totally going to be famous, like we're gonna put out the stuff and we're gonna do what we want to and it's gonna be really good and we're totally gonna be commercially successful and that's really exciting and this is like the only period in time where he feels that way it's like before he's in a band the beginnings of the band and, and then right when they get popular because after that um everything after creep it like thomas specifically becomes like disenchanted with like being rich and famous and successful in the 90s and that's where you kind of that's where he kind of settles into that trope of like what you know tom york is miserable about is like oh i'm rich <laughs> i'm famous but i'm so sad oh poor thing but he for a while he really did want to be very successful and like being in a band was never i don't think i don't think that was ever a side career or a side option for like a young tom or a young radiohead i think they always really wanted this and then they saw what this was and then they were like oh <laughs> yikes but then they kept going which is interesting too
0: well, they, were, they had a six-album ca- contract with EMI, and they kind of had to. Was it really six albums? Holy shit! Yeah, generally, contracts are several-album contracts, you know, at least three uh, to six, like EMI did. Sometimes four, you know, it, it, it varies, but it's usually several albums uh, in the initial contract god damn which is (laughs) holy shit yeah it's a big expectation for a band just starting out but they got lucky you know they they pounded out six albums and then some so anyway pablo honey um favorite songs oh yeah uh my first favorite songs when i first heard it well it's it's hard to say because obviously my first song was creep you know like everyone else wasn't my favorite song um. never really was but after I heard it and kind of was able to ruminate on it my favorite song became Blowout which I think still really stands mm-hmm. uh, compared to everything else that they have played and written it, it fits in with the, the rest of it, it's the most Benz sounding song and I think could easily be on the Benz and be a decent track you know
1: yeah I totally agree I think that my first favorite songs when I first got into it in high school were probably, um, I think, Vegetable for the funny, the funny lyrics. Oh, my I'm God. a vegetable. I will not control myself. Like, it's so funny. It's, like, very angry. I also loved How Do You Improve Yourself. I thought those were really good bangers. Um, I also think that um, You and Blowout are, like, fucking perfect like so such good songs yeah um, like to this day those are still i think my two favorites is the opener and the closer of the album anyone can play guitar is really funny and has a really funny music video as well Oh God. and then um for the b-sides just because i'm right here looking at them yes i am is a really good b-side and i highly encourage everybody to listen to it just because it's pretty it's like soft it's um from the same ep as um oh, what else i'm trying to remember it's the, what's It's a B-side from one of the EPs From around uh, Pablo Honey era And it's so nice um, It builds up really slowly And it's quiet um, And it, Oh, it's the B-side to Creep So this came out with Creep um, And it's good, it's sensitive, I liked it a lot It's got a line about The first line is, I resent you calling But it always sounds like Colin oh, yeah. I <laughs> <was> really
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that now um, Yeah, so
1: that's my, one of my favorites But still, I would agree with Blowout 100% Yes,
0: for sure and then, what happened? They made The Benz. Ta-da. Yeah, they're
1: still still <laughs> stuck with EMI, which yes. is fine, because they're still...
0: Six albums.
1: Still new. It's pretty good. Oh, before The Benz, there's My Iron Long EP, which is a fucking bop of an EP. I love the My Iron Long EP.
0: True. That is a good EP. That
1: one, there's a song on there that sounds like... Like, I think it inspired Muse, like, hardcore. <laughs> like... <laughs> I believe it's uh, is it the Trickster or Lewis? I can't remember. One of the songs on the um, My Iron Lung EP is definitely the one that inspired me whole career. But also, <laughs> it's great. Some stuff that's really good about um, the stuff that happened before and during the bends, or some of the B sides resurfacing. Something that's really fun about Radiohead is that you see their music, um, older music kind of disappear and then resurface in new versions. And that's very true even with um their newest album, um, with in rainbows with stuff. And in the bends you see there's a song called maquiladora, which is like a fucking bop. I love Macquilladora. Yeah. It's really good. They have it they played it live a lot in the early nineties, around ninety three and stuff. And that takes uh its main guitar riff and like format of the song from one of the B sides from a pre Manic Hedgehog on a Friday demo tape called the greatest shindig in the world that do 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 that's from that song and mm. it sounds really good
0: it's such a good song that is a good song yeah I like that b-side a lot I think I think some of their b-sides in Pablo Honey era were more had more potential than the album tracks but uh, yeah you know like um Vegetable and Lurgy I think those could have mm. been swapped out maybe
1: <laughs> yeah totally yeah yeah
0: i wish matt Quilador was on pablo honey i, I agree. think that's such
1: a good song yeah i agree but it was it was on a separate um ep later around the bends which is good so it did get officially released it's a fucking great song yes and then the my iron lung ep is really cool just because um it shows like a kind of spookier side to um what they were doing with the bends i think it's really good A complimentary um to the album because the songs are they're all very different and I don't know. I always loved it. And one of the really cool facts about My Iron Lung, specifically the song, everybody knows uh mostly that like My Iron Lung is a direct really like direct commentary on creep because they thought of creep as their iron lung to success. It was the one thing that they had to play at every show to kind of satisfy the audience. It was the one thing that they were known for and they wanted to break away from that by ninety four and ninety five already. They were already sick of it within like a couple of years. Yeah. And they hated it. But one of the cool things that I always love to talk about is my iron lung is actually recorded completely live, except for Tom's vocals. There is, um, there's a concert, which I own in DVD, which if anybody ever wants to come over and watch it, you absolutely can watch it with me, because <laughs> I love watching It is Radiohead Live at the Astoria, May 27th, 1994. And it's just like a, it's at the Astoria, which doesn't exist anymore, which is sad, but, um... It's cool because you get to see them play a lot of stuff that ended up being on the bends before the bends was a thing. And one of them is they play My Iron Lung to the audience. Everybody goes crazy. It's really good. And all of the tracks were recorded live. All of the, the drums, bass, guitar, other guitar,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. all that
1: stuff was recorded live. And Tom's vocals are re-recorded for the album. But everything else you hear and you can see performed in that concert DVD. It's, it's all the- there.
0: Definitely a testament to how tight they were as a live band, which is something that can't yes. be said for a lot of bands, you know. Totally. Some bands are just strictly recording studio bands, some bands are live bands or strictly, but I think they, they were tight as a live band, and that showed it, that it was album quality, you know, which was yeah. impressive.
1: Also, how like imagine how cool it must be to like be... In a band where, like, you watch your DVD and you don't hate every second of it. <laughs> like, you watch, your, you watch your recording of your band playing a show and you're like, wow, we look like total assholes. Yeah. And instead you're like, wow, that actually sounds so good. I think we're going to put this
0: on the album. That's really nice. Great. Great take, guys. Let's use it. Good job. Good job. They end up doing that
1: uh, for a couple other songs. Most notably for The Daily Mail and Staircase, which come out way later. But also pretty cool. Just some facts. <laughs> I can't stop talking. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it no, it's fine. You'd love you love Radiohead. So it's time for you to go off. It's your time, Cassidy. My time to shine. All right. So Yeah, so The Bends. My Iron Lung EP was kind of a bridge between Pablo Honey and The Bends and then Hey, The Bends, another really successful album. And successful. one of my favorites personally. I think solid I album. Guess,
1: all the time, I always jam to the Benz. Anytime it's sun, there's any sort of like sort of sh- blah, blah, blah. any sort of sunshine outside, I put the Benz on, like first instinct.
0: Wow, the Chicago Tribune gave the Benz one star. Youch.
1: <laughs> <Yowch>. Youch.
0: <laughs> Jesus. All right, wow, right. Chicago
1: Tribune, why you gotta
0: be a hater? Stupid. One star, not even two. Come on.
1: It's a really I I so disagree with that, but that's okay.
0: This well, is a great. Well, they change their mind, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, now now they're all they're pulling a Pitchfork. They're all like, oh well. Now it's critically acclaimed.
0: Oh God, I hate Pitchfork. Anyway, in yes, so favorite favorite songs, good songs, first favorites, last favorite, current favorites. Uh, you go first. Oh God. Okay. Uh. ha ha ha. ha. My first favorite was my iron lung. Because mm. it was in the game rock band and it was like the only Oh yes yeah. <laughs> yes? Oh wait, no. Um actually it's it was just. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, just that,
1: that you've told me this, yeah.
0: Because I had two songs on my iPod by Radiohead and it was Idiotech and Just <laughs> What the combo. <laughs> <laughs> They're completely different songs. <laughs> Yeah, those are my two, like, only, the only two songs I knew of Radiohead that I really liked. So, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, weird, weird combo, right? Yeah, but just... Used to,
1: like, listen to them, like, back and forth, like, just, like, just Idiotag, just Idiotag. No, like- no,
0: no, no, <laughs> they were, I only listened to my iPod on Shuffle, like, all the songs on Shuffle, so they'd just come up and I'd just skip them because I was, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't feel like listening to them ever, but just as my first favorite. Same That's with my story. Iron Lung. You know, like I said, because of Rock Band, the game that was like my whole life for like three years. So it's so much fun.
1: It's so much fun. It's
0: a fun game. It's, it's it, it kind of changed my life in a way because through that game I discovered the band Lush, and then I was like, "Hey, women can make music too." And then I started to make my own music. And I found out about shoegaze, so.
1: I think we live in a really interesting, cool time in history where video games get you to become music- musicians. Like, that's pretty fucking sick. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, it is. That's a
1: cool thing. That Thank you, Rock Band. Thank you.
0: Guitar Hero, Rock Band, um, Grand Theft Auto because of oh, the soundtracks. Oh, oh, oh. You know, that kind of stuff. Silent Hill,
1: For I know... For your music, Silent Hill is definitely a thematic
0: <laughs> for your current. Thing. Yes, Silent Hill. You know, Akira Yamoka. You know, there are a lot of video games with really, really solid audio and sound and music, and I think that's really important, too. Mm-hmm. But I won't get on with that because this is not a podcast about video games. It's about the band Radiohead for these two episodes. So we could do we could
1: do an episode about we could do a pod episode. Uh, episode podcast about <laughs> video games.
0: Sure, yeah. If you wanna, we could totally do it. I mean, I know a lot about video games, so <laughs> it's freaking do it. Click like man. and
1: subscribe if you want video games.
0: <laughs> subscribe to us on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. All right. So <laughs> my current favorite is um, hmm, probably Planet telex,
1: mm. <laughs>
0: And just still. <laughs> What? I mean, the weirdest sound. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, don't judge me, Cassidy. No, I
1: love that song.
0: I, I love it. <laughs> Danny
1: <laughs> got me Planet Telex on vinyl.
0: <laughs> did I? Yes, I did. You did. I, I got just that. listened to it the other day. I got it at Rock and Roll Heaven in Orlando, Florida. Great, great record store, surprisingly. For, nice. For Orlando, for Florida, you know. You don't know, you know, see that. I heard it was
1: too hot in Florida for any records to exist at all. I thought it just melted.
0: Um. Well, there's a lot of air conditioning back in the day, maybe. <laughs> but everywhere you go that is indoors in Florida is basically like a walk-in meat locker freezer. So.
1: <laughs> well, no. In fact, it's actually colder in Florida than anywhere else in the entire country, just because of the air conditioning.
0: You know, you, really? Yeah. Sometimes it's pretty freaking cold. Sometimes. But. That's so. Uh, anyway, yes, Plan- Planet Telex and Just, I think, still kind of remain on top for me. But I, I like a lot of all of the, s- I like a lot of the songs, except for a couple. But that's okay.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't think I dislike a single song from this album, at all. And there's a few songs that I'll skip if I hear them on. Like if it comes on shuffle, I'll be like, oh, I don't really feel like listening to Stream. Nice <laughs> but that's okay.
0: Oh, I like Nightstream nice have- though.
1: Yeah, it's like um, I'm in the mood to listen to the bends. I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood to listen to the bends, and I will listen to it cover to cover. I probably repeat it a few times because it. um, I always have uh, enjoyed it altogether. Like since high school, I've always been a huge fan of this album. Like it's always been one of my tops. I just appreciate it a lot, and I think that it's hard to it's hard to kind of skip around it. And that being said, like I think my first favorite songs on here were definitely planet telex bones just uh and bulletproof i think i or i wish i was not i think i was bulletproof i
0: I thought i was
1: (laughs) i think therefore i was (laughs) but those are my four favorite songs in high school and i don't think it's changed too much i have a greater appreciation for um all of the songs as like a cohesive whole, but I loved Bulletproof I Wish I Was because it's so soft and because I learned how to play it in guitar. Um, Bones has a rip and bass line that I also learned how to play on bass, which I thought was so much fun to play along to. Yeah. I think that Planet Telex and the bends just together, those two songs. Um Planet Telex, here's some trivia about both of those songs. I'm sure I've told you this Danny before so tell me if you've I I probably stop me if you think you've heard this one before. <laughs> yes so planet telex um starts off with like those waves of guitar that kind of come in and come out always such a great every time i hear it i'm like oh yes but one thing that people um i have to find the source on this because i've been repeating it for a really long time and i know it's true but i I need to source my trivia i think (laughs) planet telex the vocals are recorded by tom laying down drunk under a table rolling around and you can hear it because he kind of like You can't, like, hear him knocking into the table. (laughs) You can can definitely hear him kind of, like, not slur his words, but it's very, like,
0: like,
1: (laughs) you can tell he's, like, straining. He's definitely not, like, and, like, he's, it's a lot, the delivery is really different. So that's really fun. If you listen to it, keep that in mind that they're recorded kind of drunk, kind of rolling around on the floor, which is fun. Um, And then for the Benz, another piece of fun trivia is that at the beginning there's a couple seconds of like quiet sounds It sounds like tinkling, and you hear somebody say, turn it up, and then you hear the song come in with those Which is like a very triumphant entrance (laughs) for a song Um, That recording before the guitars come in is uh, taken some, I don't remember where or anything But it's Tom was sitting outside of their recording studio, wherever they were recording this Um And there was a small marching band led by an adult man with children in it. He was leading this kid marching band down the street. And he kept telling the kids to turn it up, like, let's go, come on. And he went out the cassette tape recorder and just recorded what was happening down the street and then ended up mixing it into the final take. And it's funny because if you turn your headphones, or you turn the volume up with the headphones on really loud and you listen to it, you can hear all this, (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. It's good. So that's all the trivia for those two, I think. I'm trying to think of other trivia I have. Um There's two videos for high and dry.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're both really funny. One is one is pretty dry and one is pretty wet. <laughs> one is pretty
1: high, one is pretty dry. There you go. That's there you are. But uh yeah, the uh one of the videos so there's two videos for high and dry. There's the US and the UK version. The UK version is shot in the same uh, weird desert rocky area that if you've ever like been on YouTube and found that one video of Kurt, uh, Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk, Kurt. Kurt. Captain Kirk, <laughs> Captain Kirk fighting like a monster really poorly. Like he loses his shirt and he like throws a boulder and he's like in the desert, like these orange rocks. If you've ever seen that video, it's taken in the exact same place. So it's them getting covered in like water. Um, it's pretty great. It's a great video. It's in black and white. Um, got this weird security camera footage thing going on. Um, but, yeah, same location as that uh, episode of Star Trek. Um, and then the other video, I'm trying to think. It's really funny because they enter a diner and they get out of a car. And uh, me and Danny and a few other friends, including oh my, my little sister, have had an argument about who sits bitch in the car uh, in this video. Because, one, they're in California shooting it. Uh, I didn't know you could. I don't know how driving works if you're British and you come to the United States and then suddenly you have to drive on the other side of the road. I don't really know how that works at all. But um, you can see who's driving the car, who's in the passenger seat, and who comes out on either side. But you can. <laughs> we would rewatch it over and over and over to find out who was sitting bitch. And it's been a very divisive <laughs> argument. So like, comment, subscribe, check in the video below. Tell me who you think sat, sat bitch
0: uh, in the high <laughs> and dry US video. Oh my god. Y- yeah. Your opinion.
1: Yes. My opinion was very solid that it was Ed, but I think actually it's not.
0: Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I can't remember. I think we established that it was like Phil or something. I don't know.
1: <sighs> not as exciting. I was hoping that the tallest member of the band would sit, bitch, but what kind Yeah, can
0: you- yeah, right? Like, come on. It makes sense. So good. But yeah. Um, uh,. It's- what else do we have in terms of uh, trivia? Well, the Just video was all crazy because everyone was like, what did the guy say? And I don't think oh, anyone yeah. knows. <laughs> what did he think... whisper?
1: I, I, I love how, like, you can see in interviews, too. Like, they're like, the, the MTV interview girl will, like, walk up and be like, so what did he say in the video? And they're just like, oh, how are we, we're not going to tell you. And they still haven't told anybody to this day. But I remember I read something somewhere that they had a lip reader, uh, like a professional lip reader, come in and watch that video, and he got, he guessed some words, and I think he only got one or two of the words right, and that was it. (laughs) So we will never figure it out.
0: Yeah. I mean, whatever. There's more to life than finding out what the guy in the Just video says.
1: I'm sure, like, (laughs) 15 years from now, we're going to get a Clickle article like, finally, at
0: long last, here's what the video (laughs) what the guy from the just video said yes finally tom york tells it all (laughs) yeah sure yeah sure like he'd say that come on um (laughs) okay and then guess what uh after the bends it's okay computer never heard of that album (laughs) bam the biggest the baddest just came out for the 20th anniversary in july in june sorry
1: in july in june
0: also (laughs) we forgot
1: to just to throw a quick shout out back to the uh ep after the bends to talk show host which i think kind of foreshadows okay Okay computer pretty well
0: yes it does in the romeo
1: plus juliet soundtrack and also in clueless i think
0: no that was um fake plastic plastic trees trees. oh yeah
1: okay you are correct Mm -hmm. but
0: yeah. yeah okay computer
1: so basically, the gist of this album is uh, they all got really sad and they all locked themselves in the castle and then they recorded this album and then they came out and it was incredibly famous, incredibly popular.
0: Big boy. <laughs> what? Big boy album, big album, big boy. This is, the, this is the late
1: Moody Teen album.
0: All their albums are pretty big, but this one for some reason is like, whoa, oh my god, it's so big.
1: I really love it. I don't care. I don't care if that's basic. I think "Okay, Computer" is one of my that's fine favorite albums ever.
0: That's fine. You can, you can. I know. I know
1: you'll validate me. I know you'll validate me.
0: Um. Yes. So, this album, lots of big hits. Let's start with the uh, number one.
1: The number one. Huh? The
0: number one. Let's start with the first um, song you liked. And the current song that you like now, your current favorite.
1: Uh, Okay. So um, I think my first favorite was probably electioneering when I was like a a wee lad. Hmm. I think that uh, when I was in like, I want to say like middle school, I had access to like my parents' iTunes library and for some reason they had OK Computer and I threw it on my iPod in middle school and I would listen to it on the bus and I remember electioneering was my favorite just because it rocked so hard. I was like, wow, listen to that guitar! It's all spooky and it's like anti—it's like super political and like anti-government, cheating politicians are slimy. And I was like, maybe 14. So that was my favorite one, automatically, besides like um, Karma Police and Paranoid Android, which are the the singles.
0: Yes, um, big
1: singles. Um, yeah. What's your current what you? favorite? Oh, my current favorite. Uh, hoo hoo. My favorite, I think, beyond, okay, my favorite's definitely Airbag. And then my second favorites are tied for, oh, there's so many. Climbing Up the Walls, Subterranean Homesick Alien, and then The Tourist. Those are my favorite favorites.
0: All right. Interesting. Well, yeah. My first favorite was No Surprises. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> um, uh, it's a great song. Yeah, just because it's like, it's sad, but it's also kind of, happy for mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm kind of tired i guess i can't really say <laughs> i'm not making any sense it's like sad okay. but happy i'm sounding really dumb right now but it's like yeah life sucks but with a smile you know yeah
1: <laughs> i remember um they have a documentary in the documentary they have like a segment they have a documentary called meeting people is Easy, and they have a segment where they show how the video for No Surprises was made, but you just hear these other people like on this talk show being like, oh, it's awful, it's absolutely depressing, blah, blah, blah.
0: It's awful. I just thought that was so funny, because I think it's
1: it's like the song most likely to be turned into a lullaby for children.
0: <laughs> they probably have already. There's like a lullaby series where people will... That's,
1: it definitely has to be on there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: it already kind of sounds like one, which is nice.
0: Yeah, because of the glockenspiel or whatever. Played uh, by Johnny. Of course, everything is played by Johnny. Fun fact. <laughs> when in doubt, Johnny. <laughs> every instrument on every Radiohead record was just played by Johnny.
1: The other band members are up front. <laughs> it's just Johnny's project.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> my first favorite is no surprises. My current favorite is Fitter Happier. No, I'm kidding. Um I was say, really?
1: Interesting. No,
0: no, no, no. I don't like that song.
1: it's a little it's a little creepy i've it's uh i've always been averse to it because i really don't like the sound of
0: i don't think it's easy listening couldn't be categorized as that it's really not easy listening it's
1: difficult listening
0: it's hard listening my current favorite though is actually airbag that's a good one
1: airbags i love airbag blag
0: (laughs) airbag airblog Uh, Blog. dog with a blag (laughs) Isn't that a Nickelodeon sh- or Disney show? Yeah, it is. It's a dog with a blog. That's it.
1: <laughs> Man, I'm so mad I didn't think of that show first.
0: I know, right? I feel like it, I feel like many people had that idea, but they didn't do anything about it. Ugh. Um, Alright, so... Anyways, a- air, okay, with the flag. air with a blag. Air with a blag. <laughs> I first heard this album in its entirety while I had, I think, the flu at home. And oh, like, yeah. It's a great flu album because it makes you feel sad and miserable like you feel like when you have the flu. So
1: <laughs> It made me so sad and that's why I liked it.
0: Well, it fits the mood, you know. It's kind of like it's a little bit bland. Not bland, bleak. That's the word. Yes. It's yes. it's a bit bleak, but in a it's a good album. I'm not I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying thematically it's a little bit like sad. Just, just a little bit. A little, a, a little bit about alienation.
1: Just a little, tiny bit about uh, feeling alone, feeling a little sad, feeling like capitalism's got you down. Uh, never saying the word capitalism.
0: <laughs> well, come on, they're millionaires. A little bit
1: about aliens. A little bit about robots. <laughs> you know.
0: Uh, androids. Uh, walls. Fun fact, every song is about robots. (laughs) Every song is about Johnny Greenwood because he's the only member (laughs) of the the band. Um, Police. You got surprises. You got police. You got elections. You have
1: films,
0: walls, walls, (laughs) tourists. Surprises and none of them. (laughs) You have feeling homesick feeling sick with the flu you have it yeah. all um no I think, but i think
1: this is one of the best albums ever made popular opinion
0: <laughs> um, unpopular opinion i like kid a better
1: that's also a very popular opinion but that's okay
0: is it really i feel like everyone puts...
1: no shit loads of people think that kid a is the best album which well, i don't play. i
0: mean breathing people made this album yeah <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that True. pitchfork
0: review like how, oh, how could we'll
1: have you to, that's how we start off next the next podcast is that dramatic reading of that review
0: oh we are going to for sure yeah all right so yes this album it it has a lot of themes about alienation and stuff but it's also very good and then meeting people was easy was the, the documentary about their tour and everything that's kind of a sad documentary too if you ever yeah, want to be really a is. touring musician, maybe watch that first, and then it'll kick you out of it.
1: Oh yeah, I remember I forgot how sad it made you <laughs> with uh, touring. It really does reflect it. I think that it takes um, like the album tone of like feeling like this disenchantment and this like feeling powerless because the whole album is really like about that feeling lost, feeling alone, and um, like in the f- scheme of like a greater force or greater forces that like prevent like being happy I don't know I feel like that's like the thematic tone of the whole album I think that uh visually this documentary completely hits that like on the like right on like spot on with that like the documentary focuses a lot more on like the personal and like the personal isolation of the band members and specifically Tom and the ways in which uh touring takes a toll on your health and on your relationships Um, and even maybe on the art itself, like the quality of the art, I think. Um, Basically, you follow Grant G, films the most of it in black and white, and you get to see people across Tom being like, yo, creep dickhead on the street, to people crying in Japan when the band leaves, um, to a lot of shots of traveling but not enjoying where you are. um,
0: Well, that's everything of, of touring, you know, is travel. Exactly, yeah. And OK Computer feels very much like a travel album, just from the cover, you know, with the highways, and also just like, you know, songs like The Tourist, or Karma Police, where he's in the car, yada yada. Mm -hmm. It feels very much like a traveling album, and... I've always felt that, too. That is reflected very much in terms of touring, because it's all traveling, and the documentary meeting people is easy, so... Yeah,
1: I totally agree. I think that one of the most powerful things about this film um, are one, the kind of, like, moments, the abrupt moments, and, like, the way the editing works is that sometimes you'll be um, watching a stationary scene of maybe the band playing a song from their tour. And it tells you on... uh, Every time they play something live, it gives you where they are in the date of the show. And it's filmed over the entire course of the uh, Against Demons tour, which is what they used to promote. Okay, computer. Um, And you can follow along, and it'll, like give you snippets and chunks and pieces, really brief cuts and edits uh, away from music into dialogue or into uh, a travel scene with, like, a voiceover. And the kind of sharpness and, like, abrupt, like, changing of pace and scene, I think, really kind of sets... And there's a lot of repetition of sounds, too. There's a lot of sounds of, like, metal grinding and, like, uh, transit sounds. A lot of, like, voices in the airport uh, in different languages talking. um, A lot of, like single so, like solid tones being like do or like um kind of like it's it it punctuates itself really well and it feels like you're stuck in like a layover at an airport over and over again when you watch it it makes you sad it does it made me very sad in high school watching it it's one of my favorite documentary films i think like i really love it and really, really enjoy watching it i think that it's a very beautiful film um and i think it definitely if you ever want to tour it'll definitely like it did to danny it'll fuck you up a little bit because it's so sad And you hear them, you see them try and schmooze, and then they are exhausted, and they're exhausted about schmoozing. And they, like, hold their records, and, like, their platinum, whatever, and they're like, why are we doing this? Like, is this fun? I don't know what we're doing here anymore. Um, How do we make art after this? And that was, like, a major thing that they had trouble with. They had a really hard time writing and working on stuff post-OK Computer because of the kind of physical and emotional and mental toll that having a really popular band and going on a world tour, an exhaustive world tour does. Which is, like, you know, oh, boo-hoo, wah-wah. But also, like, yeah, I don't know. I think that it kind of shows the setup for, like, how difficult it is to have a body and to have to, you know, they get praised as, like, saviors of rock, as, like, gods of XYZ. And really, they're just, like, all a bunch of mortal British guys who, like, don't really know how to take care of themselves on the road like anybody doesn't know how to take care of themselves on the road you know
0: of course and the music business is very schmoozy on a regular basis and it can be it can feel very artificial and fake in many ways yeah definitely. I think that touring I mean I've never been on tour but I know just based on my anxiety and and myself like they could take away a lot of the joys of making music and being a musician Mm. and like you said, it's kind of being in like a constant layover, you know, and you have to work. Mm -hmm. It's work. It's never a vacation. So it's tough. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that always resonated
1: me with the film
0: watching it in high school is like, there's a,
1: a scene towards the later half of the movie where they finally get to Australia. And it seems to brighten up for a second because they've had time off between Japan and Australia. Um, And they're in Australia and they're talking to this guy. And I think Colin is the one who says it in the voiceover. It's like shot, the it's a voiceover over like scenes of like moving across like on a train like out of the window shots and stuff Mm -hmm. and colin says something about um oh shit what does he say i'm forgetting what he says he says something about how like yeah we never really get to see the places that like we're only here for a couple days uh like we're only here for the day or whatever we don't really get to see any of the places that we play um we only get to kind of go from place to place like because the interviewer asks maybe it's tom who says it. i can't remember i have to rewatch it again um But they're just asking, like, yeah, so have you gotten a chance to see, you know, this city? And they're like, no, we haven't. There's no way. We're not allowed to do that. And you see also a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes footage of, like... Wow, what a silly...
0: (laughs) 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 Behind-the-scenes.
1: But you see a lot of footage of, like, them doing promo photography, which, as somebody who was really interested in, like, the media and stuff that they put out, like, I would do a lot of, like... Like, on Tumblr, it's a photo... Primarily, like, a photo-sharing website... Like, I would reblog and, like, we would look for photos of the band that were promo photos or, like, candids or photos that were taken uh, in live concerts and stuff and try and figure out when they were and what happened to them. And um, in the film, you can see them getting some of these promo images shot and taken, and you see the context of just how miserable Tom specifically is. Um, And you're like, (laughs) whew. Like, you see them walk away from the the photo that maybe you had seen a hundred times online. Or, like, you have a print copy of somewhere in, like, a magazine that you bought Um, or like just an image that's like an iconic like this is a band image like this is the image that you get on Google Images (laughs) like when you search Radiohead this image and you'll see them in the film kind of being unhappy that it's being taken, I don't know I always thought that was really really interesting and also having friends who um, having a lot of friends who do music now and who've done tours or done promo stuff or like just released albums like online in a completely different age for music and stuff seeing them kind of recount, like, some of the stuff still holds up true, like, oh, we don't get to see the places that we tour, or, like, I hate that picture of me, (laughs) like, stuff like that still shines through, and I don't know, I love this movie, and I love this album.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I just think that, like, in a lot of ways, going back to what you said about, like, oh, you tour all the time, boo-hoo, like, there's also the fact that, like, I think a lot of times people forget that performers are still people they're still human and they kind of just think like oh you're just like here to to perform for me and you don't exist out of that and you lose a lot of rights and sometimes in that way and it's sad and like definitely you know it just sucks you know and I think meeting people is easy is not a glamorous tour documentary and that should be not at all more of the norm because a lot of times it seems very fun you know, like, <laughs> juxtaposed with, like, star-shaped with blur. Oh,
1: yeah, where star-shaped is just them fucking around, running around in slow motion,
0: It's just a, a blast. huge party, you know, like, yeah. it, it seems great and fun and awesome and, like, oh, ha-ha, what a fun time. And then you see meeting people is easy and you're like, oh, my god, that looks really awful. And I'm so glad I yeah. never have to do that, you know? It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's more common, the the former you know where it's like yeah fun tour yeah huh. and it's like really like you don't see how difficult it can be for people yeah so,
1: and yeah. and they're like in a very specific like time like the album already has like that weird like pre-millennial like we're about to hit the year 2000 like y2k feeling oh to my anyways. god
0: yeah for sure and then you
1: see it like on the tour like you see this like overwhelming like um And this is so in line with the album, too, like this overwhelming feeling of like being watched or having um, having like everything that you do be subject to like scrutiny or just being very visible. And I think that um, in the movie, in the in the documentary, too, you see kind of like they do a lot of overlays, especially right at the beginning of the documentary documentary a lot of overlays of like real music reviews that were written about okay computer that are just like the sun shines out of radiohead's ass we thank them for bringing about the new coming of rock and roll and then their subsequent tour is all like all all this all this uh all this press and media hype has led them to have like packed at like packed up like fully sold out like shows in arenas like on a global scale and like the pressure of having to like Release something after that, or just to perform and have everybody be happy is like ridiculous. And then, of course, they have all these other things that fit into their schedule. And that's one of the things that's really cool about this documentary is you get to see Colin doing the the brief interview with um, uh, a French radio station, doing like the little in between bits, answering questions about um, their B sides from this era, which we have even talked about, which are some of my favorite B sides.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but, like, you hear Colin talk about it and you hear him get mad because he has, in the very beginning of the documentary, you hear him get frustrated because he can't say uh, one, of the, one of the words without sounding silly and he just goes, I hate this, I hate this. And all this, like, necessary, um, while silly, seeming silly and, like, frivolous press that they had to do about the album. It just, like, like, it takes a lot of time um, and left them with no spare time to recuperate.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's tough but anyway we can move on to the b-sides and eps now i think <laughs> we talked uh, yeah, a lot about the didn't... we talked a lot about meeting people is <laughs> easy i i
1: just like i feel like no never mind <laughs> never mind <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna continue okay okay so yeah b-sides. well first first of all what's the what's it called um the airbag ep airbag ep yes that one like, is very like good a- and Meeting in the Isle, which is, like, one of my favorite Radiohead songs is on there. And it's, yeah. it's a really, really strong EP, just, like, standing on its own.
1: Yeah, because Airbag itself is such a strong opener. And Airbag, the song, is so cool because it combines so many pieces of, like, um, I'm always going to be really thankful for Radiohead, even after my fan, like, my fan card kind of, like, doles down. You know, like, I'm not as into them as I used to be. But I'll always be thankful because they introduced me to so much music. And one of the things that Airbag like completely hits like dead on is the DJ Shadow drum insp- like inspired, like choppy beats that are used that just begin the song. And that's like completely new for them. They had never done anything that sounded like that before. But they use like a sampling um of like these like these drums that are like loud and brash and like they sound like they're sampled and they and you have Colin come in with a bass line that's disjointed. Um, and the reasoning he gives for that is, um, he's like, "Well, I was gonna fill it in later, but then I th- thought it sounded better this way." And the song ends up sounding like very anthemic and also suddenly digital, which is so new for them. And like, you can see that one of them, definitely Tom, was listening to a lot of DJ Shadow just because of that. Um, and like that opener for the Airbag EP is completely different than the album too. "Meeting in the Aisle" is the first uh, instrumental track that they do, and it's or the first one that they release. Um, as just an instrumental. And so it's, like, beep, bloopy, like, weird echo, echoing, like, guitars and sounds. Yeah. Very interesting. I love it. It's so cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I agree. I I really like that EP. I think just as a standalone.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yes. And then, um, I'm trying to think of what other songs... There's A Reminder, which is, like, a very beautiful song um that kind of has like tom like pleading to the listener who's definitely somebody specific um just kind of pleading with them to kinda, like remind him who he was or like what was important to him at some point and to like to threaten him if he doesn't remember and it kind of shows like this it's a disenchantment that kind of like feeling like you don't remember who you are I and mean, then there's also polyethylene which is like a really it's like a there's polyethylene parts one and two which is what the official title is and it's like the first part is who knows what he's saying i really don't know what the lyrics are um but it starts off with just a guitar and the polyethylene part two comes in with like this like the lines are plastic bag middle class polyethylene <laughs> like suddenly you're just like oh like i hate like i hate plastic i hate like everything being disposable suddenly you're like there and you're you're pissed off i don't know it's so fun it's such a good like and also the other thing i'll say about this too is that this ep has a lot more guitar work too it's like a lot more like palo alto and polyethylene have a lot of like heavy bends-esque guitars on them without being anything like the bends
0: sure yeah i agree and then you
1: have other songs that are a lot quieter pearly also is really fun too Pearlie with an asterisk at the end. Pearly has um, both Ed and Phil on drums uh, in the recording and live. And a couple of times they played it live.
0: Ed and Phil played drums on what? Which one? Pearly. Pearly. yeah. Huh, I didn't know Ed played the drums. Ed does play the drums. Well, look at that. He doesn't hasn't, he play them often. But
1: he, the only other time you ever see Ed really play drums um, is in There, There, when he hits the two, like
0: boom boom <laughs> like the yeah, two giant, yeah. i don't know what they're those giant drums yes not timpani but i know what you're saying
1: i don't know jack shit about instruments let's be real
0: <laughs> that's all right i don't really know much either and i claim to be a musician myself so <laughs> it's okay
1: i will say that there is a uh, one friend from tumblr um and i don't want to name them because i can't remember her. i don't want to offend somebody by being like oh it's this person's blog when really it's not but in high school i'm pretty sure it's still updated now too we all used to defer to the King of Gear, which is like a Tumblr. Uh,
0: yes, David. Somebody had, David. David
1: It K. is David? Yeah. Yeah, it is David. I, didn't, I just want to make sure I didn't want to say that it was somebody else's and then had it. You know, I didn't want to miss a tribute here. Yeah, of course. But yeah, a friend uh, who, like, they actually just followed me on Twitter, too, the other day. It's pretty sick. <laughs> but a friend of ours um, in the Tumblr community has a website dedicated to every single bit of gear that they've used live, uh, in-studio, it's very comprehensive and it's really cool because you can it's crazy. see you can see every modded, like, you can see photos and pictures of the gear, like the rigs for pedals and um, other instrument setups. What kind of modification Johnny has, like, they have a person who works on their guitar named Plank, I believe. What I've, kind of modifications Plank has done to Johnny's Telecasters over the years.
0: Really cool stuff. I've never seen such a dedicated blog for gear for a band ever. Yes, yeah, I know it's great because you know it's just like anything you ever wanted to know about the recording process or live process for radiohead you could find easily
1: yeah and i think that's what kind of sets apart like uh radiohead fans i would say like the band like everybody has you know like people compare this album specifically to being like almost like dark side of the moon esque or whatever like it's like an- it's like important and very sad but also like It flows together very well. It's like almost like a concept album about disenchantment or whatever. And they reject that completely. I don't think any of them like Pink Floyd, which is (laughs) a problem in itself. Wow, (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, I think they all. I think Johnny says in the documentary that they all hate Pink Floyd, which is wild.
0: Wow. Okay. That's weird.
1: (laughs) Like, come on. Not even. Not even like Echoes. Like, are you serious? Wow. Huh. Yeah, Pink
0: Floyd's not that bad. Come on. Pink Floyd slaps.
1: I just think that they were they were just kind of defensive because Pink Floyd is definitely classic rock. And they're like, we're not we like rock and roll.
0: Yeah, okay, sure. Even though Ed loves Led Zeppelin.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I love Led Zeppelin too. I'm so sorry, everybody.
0: <laughs> Shaking my head over here.
1: <laughs> there's, they rock so hard. And I understand all the problems. With, there's so many problems. But I went to see, I will say, I recently had the chance to see Led Zeppelin performed by the all girl band Led Zeppelin and it was fucking awesome. It was so much cooler. I wish that Led Zeppelin was a girl band, to start.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that I would be more inclined to like them if that were the case, honestly. But
1: go see Led Zeppelin. It gives you uh, insight into an alternative timeline.
0: Where yeah, well, I, I know Dan saw them. He really liked them, so maybe. Yeah, I did. yeah. Um, I saw. It.
1: Dan said something about it, but <laughs>
0: anyways. <laughs> anyway, well, yes, okay. So maybe we should wrap up because we are. An hour and thirty minutes in, so nice. We could so not have a... we could not have fit in all their albums in one episode. My God,
1: I knew it. I knew it. You, you I were just right. Don't talk. Yeah.
0: Okay. So okay.
1: Anything else about these albums? Or this this album specifically? That
0: um.
1: Oh, the one thing I want to say is climbing up my climbing up my walls. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
0: I should just start writing down my misspe- my misspoke. Uh, Radiohead song titles. Oh, I want to note something before we do sign off at the end. Yeah. But uh, you can keep going about OK Computer now.
1: Okay. The one thing I want to say is I want to definitely talk about the remixes of Climbing Up the Walls, which are two. Some of my favorite, um, like pieces of this time, like the the songs that were released from here. There's an EP that's just like Climbing Up the Walls remix, um, like remix EP, and there's two versions. There's I believe it's. It's Zero Seven and Philip Brasilia, and yeah. they very different. Um, Zero Seven, I used to love Zero Seven, like that one song that was in Garden State. Um, I'm sure you know, in the Waiting Line by Zero Seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great tune, loved it as a kid. Um, so when I saw that they had a remix of a, of a Radiohead song, I was like, "What the fuck? No way! What the hell is this?" And I listened to it, and it's one of my favorite. I think it just encapsulates like everything that um, the album does. Like I, I don't know, it's like digital it's like elevator music it's like this muzak but it's also like um it has like the very menacing lyrics of climbing up the walls and the philip Brasilia one is really cool too because it's like more like like dub it's like just like beats and like some very sparing um like just like i don't know what just like the bass the bass synth beat. Thing that goes on in it, um, like with like some very light synth, and <laughs> I just love it. And it has these very menacing lyrics because climbing up the walls is a very like horror-oriented song. It's got like the screechy v- uh, violins influenced by uh, Penderecki,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the composer that Johnny loves, uh, who does a lot of horror. Did he did The Shining? Oh, sound, wait, Shining no, sound, I, I thought that
0: was Wendy Carlos. Uh, I might be
1: wrong. Let me see, Kristoff, Chris is Kristoff. Penderecki. yeah, he's got a he's got a tough name to to spell Yeah. And yeah, he's a Polish composer who does some really scary, really scary, uh, string work, which Johnny is very into and has continued to be in. No, he, he did he did the Shining music too. I think Wendy Carlos did did that as well, but I think the strings were him.
0: Does oh, that make okay. sense? Yeah, all right.
1: He's the strings guy. Yes, but. Yeah, it's got these horror strings and, like, this, like, terrifying, like, shouting, rattling quality to it. And then, like, these remixes transform it completely. And I love the remixes because they're so different than the real song. And they still sound, they still give you the weird heebie-jeebies that Meeting in the Aisle does. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I fucking love this album. I could talk about this for another fucking hour. Goddamn.
0: (laughs) Well, we can touch upon it another time. But um, anyway, yes. So the last thing I wanted to touch upon in this episode. So Mm -hmm. a fun fact for everyone is that Ed O'Brien is a notorious sleep talker. He (laughs) will talk. There are many stories about him talking in his sleep, including my favorite, where Johnny came into the room around 5 a.m., I think and ed was sleep talking and was yelling fuck off fuck off and johnny <laughs> thought that he was saying that to him and left the room like and said sorry <laughs> but ed was just sleep talking and another one working where he apparently said help the building's on fire and terry wogan's up there
1: <laughs> terry wogan's up there
0: oh my god so that just reminded me because apparently last night i was sleep talking to Dan because I went to bed before him and he was like watching TV or something and he came inside to the bedroom and I apparently just told him random Puerto Ricans in a video store and he's like what what and I get I got increasingly frustrated I was like random Puerto Ricans in a video production I changed it to, <laughs> from store to production and I figured that would be a good story to um to share because of Ed's notorious sleep talking as well.
1: Um, if we're going to talk about sleep talking, I have some you sleep talking stories as well. <laughs> I will never forget uh, freshman year when me and Danny lived together. Um, I Danny said, I think Danny, I was just in my bed alongside Danny on the other side of the room in our freshman dorms. And I was on my phone awake at night or something. And Danny rolled over and went, ha
0: ha, test. <laughs> 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 I was like, I- uh, oh my hello? god. I did not remember
1: that. That one I think about all the time. And then the other Danny sleepwalking, walk, sleep, sleep talking story that I have was uh, sophomore year, our sleep schedules are very different. I'm notoriously a night owl who sleeps all day. And Danny uh, doesn't, doesn't really stay up late. But I'm also, an old
0: person. I go to bed pretty early.
1: Yeah, but you also don't wake up super early. But you went to bed. You went to bed like around a reasonable time at night. Like you okay. went to bed at like eleven or something. And this was sophomore year, so you were like, "Just let me know when you're coming back, because I don't want to fall asleep." Because you had um you needed to let uh your sleeping medication get you to sleep. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll be quiet when I come home." And I came back one time, trying to be really quiet. The door, you know, clicks quietly shut. I sneak in. I have um we had linoleum floors at the time, uh, in sophomore year and you were asleep, and you, as soon as I open the door, you roll over, because you're a light sleeper, and i yeah. like, shit, 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 I don't want to, <laughs> my roommate, like, we have class tomorrow, like, I'm so sorry, and I put, I hung all my stuff on the corner of my bed, and I, something fell, like, my coat or my bag fell off the bed, and it hit the floor, the tile floor, like, thunk, and I was like, oh, and I froze, and I went, I'm sorry, and I whispered, I'm sorry, and Danny goes, yeah, you fucking should be sorry, <laughs> <laughs> else. and I was like, Terrified. i was like oh no look at it just like totally fucked up her shit like i feel so bad like i'm a shitty roommate and then the next day i asked you and you're like do you remember saying that And you were like what
0: no and i totally did not remember saying that apparently i was very cranky in my sleep um <laughs> hey you fucking better be you fucking sorry. better be sorry i remember one time though you you laugh in your sleep a lot i, I always which laugh in my is kind of really creepy and there was another <laughs> time where you were like talking to somebody about the the lights like you wanted to show somebody the lights that Radiohead used live
1: oh it was a dream where I tried to talk to Rob
0: Yes, <laughs> I had a
1: dream about telling our friend Rob uh, oh it was literally a dream where I was trying to show him uh, a video of Radiohead doing something on light like with their lights on tour i had a dream and i was just like trying to explain it to him and apparently i was doing that out loud in real life
0: (laughs) yeah totally normal conversational volume (laughs) and you were doing the thing with your hands too because you talk with your hands very much (laughs) so you were like moving your hands around and i was like what is going on i'm really scared right now (laughs) um yeah lots of great great sleep talking stories you know you you tend to get them when you sleep in the same room for about three years so
1: oh yeah God damn! There's so many, oh, so many good. I'm thinking of some radiohead puns. Got to get me some uh, melatonin. <laughs> I <laughs> get, get it? it.
0: Oh, I get it.
1: No surprises that I talk in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. it's so bad. Mm. Any like other trivia you got? Anything else you want to throw out there?
0: Um, I think we're good for probably this. Some fast facts. This episode, I, facts? I think I'm good. But if you have anything else you want to add.
1: I'm just quickly scanning the track listing, trying to remember. Um, the first song that was on OK Computer that they decided would be on this album was Lucky. They recorded that in 96, and then they kept working on it. Um, electioneering, I don't know. It's a, it's a banger. Everybody hates it for some reason. Um, no surprises, the music video is terrifying. The music video that was... Released is really good and kind of spooky, but the way that it was filmed is really scary And you can watch that in extensive detail in meeting people is easy and the segment is on YouTube also, but it features Really literally Tom lip-syncing while being held under water In a helmet filling up with water and then they speed up the song so that he can continue lip-syncing it When the water is out of the helmet. It's really it's really intense and there's a lot of moments where um it goes to, it's one of the climactic moments, I think, in the, mo- in the documentary where you see Tom getting really, really upset because it's such a terrible, terrible thing. Being having to have your head filled in like this helmet full of water rising so you can lip sync your own song into it. Like, it's so claustrophobic. Um, but that's the music video. It's really crazy. Um, and then the music video for Karma Police, the guy who runs away from the car is the same, one of the same guys in uh, the Just music video,
0: oh. same actor. Thematically connected.
1: Oh, yeah, for real.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, there is a version of the Just music video that's, it's like very pixelated and very low quality, but there is a video version of Just with no, none of this like extra plot. It's just the band playing in that room.
0: My personal it favorite ex- because they all look really good, so. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All of
1: them are weird hot. I loved all of them so much in high school. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But they I think... are. They're all weird hot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Except for Ed. Except for Ed. He's Ed just, is regular hot. He's just conventionally he looks like attractive. Laurie,
1: so... Yeah. That's just a win for him.
0: Good for him. Good genes. Good game. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Paranoid Android music video, I think it was... It was played all the time on MTV. Everybody loved it, even though it was, like, really weird. And there's a scene where they're um, at the bar, and you see the guy comes out, and he dances on the table with the head on his stomach, It's it's really really funny if you pause it and you look at who's sitting at the table because you see Tom and Johnny and like maybe Phil and then like one other person who looks like none of the band members (laughs) sitting at this table. It's like very funny, very badly drawn, very funny. It's like it's like intentionally wrong and I love it. Um, Fitter happier, the voice that speaks the lyrics, uh, is the like the Mac equivalent of Microsoft Sam.
0: Yes, Mac Sam.
1: You could read (laughs) Mac Sam. Apple Mac.
0: Mac. Apple Mac, Sam. <laughs> All right. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think, I think oh, those are exit good. Exit
1: music for a film. Exit music for a film. That was just in the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack at the very end. It also exits. It's the exit music for um, both Romeo plus Juliet and Meeting People's Easy. Wow. And there's a lot of. Uh, if you ever want to watch Meeting People's Easy, uh, you can come to my house and hang out with me and watch it with me. Or you can watch it online. And you can. Absolutely, see a lot of B sides um, in that documentary. B sides and songs that become real Radiohead songs released later, including "Nude," um, "Man of War," which just came out um, as a real, real song after being locked away. It's supposed to be a song that was released around this time, but it was kind of locked away until they re-released the album for the twentieth anniversary. Um, "Follow Me Around," another really good song that never saw fruition. You can also see them working on songs. Like, Palo Alto has a good section um, while they're in Japan. You see Tom mixing the song and juxtaposing it with images of uh, people walking around in Japan doing their thing. Oh, that's everything. I will stop talking now.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yes, that's... That that covers it for for that, I think. And then the next episode, which will hopefully happen sooner rather than later, will be Kid A Onward. And then, you know, we'll get into... Kid A upward and onward upward and onward we'll keep talking
1: there's so much to talk about i'm sorry everybody
0: (laughs) it's okay you know we are very knowledgeable about things and we want people to take us seriously god damn it
1: i yeah i just know it's all like it all comes back to me in waves i'm just like oh yeah but also i remember this this (laughs) and that (laughs) and also don't
0: forget (laughs) yes well that should be it for our podcast thank you for listening We'll talk to you soon. No. All right. Bye.